your girl, your residential queen of darkness, Tam, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Outlaw Bars, where we discuss everything great and not so great in the world of anime. Um, and as always, I have with me... Hey everybody, it's Shopei. Um, I'm still Trevor Belmont's baby mom, like still, still. Uh, also, Happy New Year, can we say that? Yes! Yeah, um, we're foreign, so you can basically Happy New Year somebody until the spring. Okay, great, fantastic. <laughs> also, January was a trial month, and Ooh, we are starting. Real, <laughs> right? We are really officially starting 2019 in February because also it's Black History Month. So, yeah, ew. Um. So yeah, but we are not actually. We're not going to talk about Black History Month today. We're actually gonna we're gonna get emotional because it's it's Valentine's Day season it's simp season so we're gonna get a little emotional like carl thomas with our turtleneck singing in the rain and we had asked you all some topics like what did you want us to cover on the show i do not remember who i feel was it mr t steph might have been if it was thank you mr t steph if it wasn't sorry to the person who suggested this to (laughs) us but (laughs) my bad but someone had recommended we talk about um emotional anime and of course madame chopay was like bitch sign me up say less okay like i literally (laughs) was scream laughing because tim makes fun of me all the time because i am soft and emotional and when someone's like discuss anime that made you feel emotional bitch are you serious she was like what (laughs) feelings all of them we're talking about them excellent can't wait (laughs) (laughs) sign me the fuck up so that's what we're going to be talking about today we're going to talk about emotion emotional anime or anime that makes us feel things in yes. a in a PG way, not in a nasty way. No, 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 no. This is emotional simp anime, um, and I'm gonna let the queen of emotions take it and like lead us into this discussion. Thank you. Um, so it's emotional time. I want you to imagine Drake in a white no like, sweater. No. Um, <laughs> wait, on a, on a wait. I take this back. Rug. I don't. I don't want us to. I don't want you to take us out this path. What's going on? In front of like a fireplace, he has hot cocoa with like mini marshmallows in it. It's like soft up in this bitch, guys. Okay, like just cashmere soft. Um, so the I like I went back to our. Uh, Outlaw Bars Twitter and it was like things that you felt an emotional connection to so I can basically feel emotionally connected to nearly anything oh, all of all of my <laughs> animes all of my right. anime <laughs> that is like I think that's like the beautiful thing about anime that the reason why Tam and I are so just like generally invested in the genre is because we can find ourselves in all the stories, no matter what they are. <clears throat> but me personally, there's just some of the tropes get me like in the chest more than others. Uh, so I'm going to start with probably one of my favorite anime from last year or the year before last, The Ancient Magus's Bride. Now, on its face, this shit is not particularly emotional, right? You have like this young girl chise she has made a pact she decides that she's tired of living she's ready to kill herself and somehow she ends up being purchased by this like mage and he 
is like a fae, like a fairy, right? And his true form is like a giant dude with like a fucking skull head or something like that. Like he does not look human at all, okay? And you're looking at this pair and just like, Shabay, how the fuck could some shit like that make you feel emotional? Well, um, he, like his name is um, Elias. He takes this girl and he calls her his bride, but it's not on some weirdo like, adult child kind of nonsense he really becomes her caretaker right someone who he's going to mentor someone who's going to care for and he's like consistently reminding her that she's more than the things people said about her so she's like cursed um she's very powerful but she's supposed to like she's fated to die in a couple of years and she's like why did you even want me and he was like i want you to have a good whatever the amount of time that you have left and it's just gorgeous like he treats her like something that is valuable and that's something that she has never experienced up until this point so every single episode I just find myself like crying because it's just it's not particularly emotional in the way that you would expect but it's just like it's a beautiful kind of um, relationship he's learning to become softer she's learning to become softer and it's just like they are dope as fuck and also this mage is fucking scary like the cool thing is like he is not a simp all right he's not like a pushover there are episodes where you find out what makes him so fearsome and you're just like how's this like super cool dude have like a skull for a face well this nigga is not to be trifled with. (laughs) (laughs) it's like surprise bitch and the best part is like he obviously has a history that you don't know anything about like if you look on the wikipedia like it says that he may have dabbled in dark magic which is why he lost some of his memories and stuff like that but it's just like that's awesome and it just seems like a human story to have two people who have been thrown away or who have been cast away who kind of find themselves um back together in a way that's meaningful and then they they create like their own family and uh i don't know how someone could not be like you know, who couldn't see themselves in something like that. So yeah, Ancient Magus's Bride, aka one of my fave anime of all time. Cool. And you did stand for that very heavily when it came <laughs> <Still>. out. Like <laughs> didn't still. So I mean if you haven't watched it, I mean I have not, but I mean it's okay. That's There's because I don't yeah, but also, like, it made you emotional, so that means it's probably going to make me feel things, and I don't really... I, I don't want to go into an anime knowing that it's going to make me Saturday. Mm, yeah, they it, like if it, it. Right, so, like, if things catch me off guard, which is usually how I find out that, like, this um, this anime is about the feely feels, mm. which I have noticed is in a lot of these fucking slice of life animes. Yeah, okay? because that's what life is about. Sneak attack emotions. Yeah, but slice of life, it sounds very deceiving because it just sounds like, oh, these people going through some regular last shit. Like you live in just a, some slice of life. And like one of the ones that really caught me off guard was Kino's Journey, which I talked about. I think it came out two years ago. And that was one of my favorite animes of 2017, I believe. And... It was one, it was, it was good because every, every episode kind of in a way was a standalone episode because essentially it is Kino traveling to all these various different lands with her talking motorcycle Hermes, uh, Hermes. And 
the one episode that got me that really fucking got me is when you find about Kino's origin and she comes from this land called the land of adults. And up until this point, I thought Kino was a boy. I did not know Kino was a girl. And you find out she's an 11 year old girl. And at the age of 12, children in their, in her society get this surgery to become adults so they can become productive, responsible, all that bullshit that we thought was cool when we were children. I still want a refund. Um, Fools, and Kino was just like, yeah, I'm not with the shits. I'm not really about to do this. Like, I'm not. And a stranger comes to visit her town much in the way that she's a stranger when she comes to visit these other towns and kind of convince, like they kind of have this discussion about traveling and Kino's parents essentially want to kill her. Um, Why? Because she is going against the grain. She doesn't want to do this thing that everybody else does. And the traveler jumps in front of the knife that is basically about to kill Kino and dies. And I fucking lost it. Like, I was just like, oh, shit. Like, Kino been through some shit, bro. <laughs> like, I was just like... Understatement of the year. Woo! The I was just like, woo! <laughs> I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And there's, like, a couple of other episodes that had me feeling all of my feelings as well. Also, the music is just really beautiful. And it's it's just a really well-done anime. Um, but, yeah, Kino's Journey definitely up there with one of my... Animes that made me like feel a lot of things. Also, this last season of uh, Seven Deadly Sins had me crying like the fuck. <sighs> let's let's fucking talk about. <laughs> okay, it. like this last season. Wow, it was so. I know we've stand for Seven Deadly Sins before, especially the most recent season. But they did a really, really good job of humanizing Bon and humanizing Meliodas. And I say it's, I mean, it sounds silly because like Meliodas is a demon and Bond is basically undead or whatever. But in the first couple seasons where you have Bond who acts like he doesn't give a fuck about anything. And then you learn that he loved this woman that he was willing to do anything for. And then you see that relationship. And like one of my favorite things in the, the third season of Seven Deadly Sins is seeing Bond and Meliodas like their friendship and their relationship um, yeah evolve like and yeah. it like be real serious not on some like jokey bro shit no like it's it's really beautiful like to see i don't know like in anime sometimes friendships between men can kind of just be like uh i don't know it it seems like silly almost you know like it's it's either they're at odds with each other or it can feel kind of like surface or whatever, or the friendship doesn't make any sense. I'm looking at you, Naruto and Sasuke. Um, (laughs) But with Bon and Meliodas, it's just like, it's obvious that these two men love each other. Like their bodies are broken and they are fucking clowning on each other. Like, like they are making fun of one another. They are being like supportive. And it's just like, wow, that, I don't know. It was very well done and it didn't feel forced, right? It didn't feel like fake. Like the, like Tam said, the evolution, the way they brought it to like fruition felt natural. It did. And especially Meliodas, because we have just known him as like very creepy, very like very perverted sex, like this kind of sexual, I don't want to say sexual deviant. That's not the word, but like he's just overly like 
gropey. Like he was like borderline sexually harassing um, Liz. And and then because like then that would bother me. I'm like, why the fuck does she like him? Like, why is she like in love with this dude? And then you see like this other side of him this past season, like this kind of um, I don't want to say deepness. That's not the word. But like, oh, not there's depth. He His character had way more depth this past season yes. and even though he was still his same self you know when he got that little bass in his voice i was like oh it, it <laughs> became like especially when you meet his brother and yes. like the rest of the demon clan i don't know like you realize that obviously he felt convicted enough about leaving them that his new family was worth a lot to him to leave his old family behind and then to protect them at all costs. It's just like, okay, it kind of puts things into perspective. Um, I'd prefer if he would keep his face out of people's underpants. Yes, Um, but we have to give thanks that they at least call him out on it when he does it. Fair, fair. Um, Yeah, it was, it it was really beautiful. Like, uh, and then you have like King who is, you know, Diane super fan, uh, which is just cute as hell. Like it just, it was it was very sweet. So yeah, that was a good uh, honorable mention. Uh, let me give my second one. Uh, recreators. <clears throat> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So towards towards the end. It so the weird thing is like recreators. I'm not gonna say like it in the beginning. It didn't necessarily make me emotional in the sense that, like in the traditional sense, right? But when you think of the concept that like we create media, we create characters, like if you write or anything like that, the idea that these things that we create are existing on in their own timeline, right? That they're real entities, and I'm putting that in hard air quotes or whatever. And the idea that once they're pulled into our world, they're like foreigners, right? Like they are in a completely new space and that is like scary. Who among us have not been put in a environment that just feels completely foreign and different to us, whether it's at a new school or at a new job, or like maybe you are in a different country and they take that layer and then they making fuck, they fucking make you fall in love with all these goddamn characters. Yeah. <laughs> like like it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like how devastated they were when they realized like they were just created for entertainment and like that none of this stuff was real, but it was very real to them because that's their world. That's the only thing they know. Um, Especially the one where like the two best friends were like fighting against each other or something like that. Um, I didn't, I think like towards the end I was crying with recreators just because like the shit was just getting very deep. Just the shit was just getting very deep. But like, like Shopei said, like you, you know, sometimes like people will joke about like, are we in a simulation? Which I think we are. Are we in a simulation? Same, same, Hit the reset, you know, Jesus, you know, whoever. (laughs) The simulation is getting very wonky these days. But like, if we are in a simulation and then like you, like someone rips the covers off or rips the blindfold off and you're like, oh shit, like I'm just entertainment for you. That is that is fucked up. Think Incredibly about that. So. That is little that is fucked up. And then on this side, and it's not like in Recreators, this is anime, it's manga, it's uh video games and stuff like that. Think of every single piece of entertainment that we have. Think of movies, <laughs> think of television, and just imagine all of the different 
areas that someone's life exists just for the pleasure of another person like and in the very beginning you feel like this devastation where like in the game people are losing their comrades they're losing their friends and then they come to this world like they feel all these feelings only to realize that it's like for nothing and if you're a villain in the game it's just like so this hateful way that i feel this kind of like (laughs) terrible energy it's not even mine somebody like somebody superimposed it on me and now i have to act this out is like a super mind fuck um still i'll never forgive them for making me root for a magical girl and then like dead ass bloodily killing her like oh yeah that shit was above the streets (laughs) that that shit was fucked up (laughs) she was like fucking 10 years old (laughs) like and also like it's kind of like the futility of like life like you find out that your entire existence is fake right even though it feels incredibly real to you like tam said if it's all a simulation and then still at the end you are still trying to strive for something you're still trying to create something you're still trying to like love and protect someone else and it's just you just fucking get cut down and it's i don't know it's like very like heartbreaking um like the whole series was just like a mess um and like loki made me feel guilty for all the anime that i consumed because it's just like damn like but we not gonna stop though definitely will not stop Um, (laughs) we not gonna stop but it's like what if every anime death that we experienced was a real death for somebody else girl we're not gonna do that today that's too well, much that's so like that is where my mind went when i was watching this is saying the people no we're yeah. not gonna get we're not gonna get that deep into the matrix okay well that is why i put it on the list um and we've you know tam and i have stand for this show before if you haven't seen it it's on amazon it is really really well done like just kind of the way like psychopaths gives you a lot to think about uh recreators does it but without um the nightmares um yeah without like the police state vibes (laughs) that you get in psychopaths is only the first season we only recognize the first season of psychopaths like don't watch the second season just like watch the one and done um but I just realized, I just remembered um, Inuashiki is up there that like I had a really deep emotional connection to this. And I will never forget because I was watching this with my boyfriend and Ooh. we got to the end and I started bawling hysterically because the main character essentially like sacrifices himself to save the world. And he was like, are you crying? And I was like, I'm sorry. This whole, this whole fucking series, this man has done nothing but get grief from his trash ass family. They finally fuck with him, all for him to fucking die. This shit is sad as fuck. And I'm, I'm skimming over like the greater details of the show. It's really good. It's on Amazon um, where he, I think he gets diagnosed with some kind of cancer and he's not respected in his family. His wife don't respect him. He gets this dog. His dog is like essentially his only companion only for him to be on top. I think he was trying to kill himself or something, or he goes up to like this hilltop contemplating life, this alien, um, I think it's like a spaceship or something lands on him and another person. And they're like, Oh shit, we killed these people. Uh, let's put them back together as androids. So he's put back together, but he's essentially a robot. And while he's doing things to help people, the other person who, um, 
got killed that night with him is has turned into a serial killer and is just going around killing everybody. And so, yeah, girl, it's a mess. (laughs) It's a mess. Um, And so they end up battling each other. And he, the, the guy who's the serial killer ends up kind of trying to redeem himself by figuring that like, he's going to try and blow up the meteor that's heading towards earth. And he self he self detonates himself it does not work. And so the main character, <laughs> Mr. Inuashiki, realizes that he has to also do it in order for it to work. Like he blows up, but it doesn't, it's not big enough where it breaks it apart. And his family realizes that like he made this really big sacrifice, but his his whole thing was just like, he just wanted to be loved. You know what I mean? And like to finally get that love, that respect, that adoration. And then like my, my nigga is dead. Like that shit really like had me boohooing on the couch for only for this man to be like, "Are you crying?" And I was just like, "Wow, the disrespect in my own home." Okay, <laughs> I mean, but it is sad. Like, who amongst us doesn't just want to be like loved and considered, and to go basically the whole series with him trying to get it, and the moment he gets it, it's like, okay, cool. Um, the end. Die. <laughs> You're dead. Bye. <laughs> Like, he doesn't even get to, like, enjoy it. And Ooh, what about the anime with the crystal rock thingies? <sighs> Land of the Lustrous. Bitch, um, that shit also had me crying, too. So, Land of the Lustrous is on Amazon, and that one, like, it's emotional from the, like, from the jump. Okay? <laughs> like, it starts off because you have all these, like, different crystals, and the main character is, like, the weakest one is, like like the saddest one like she's the one that nobody really respects and you have all these different uh gems like who are all going through like their own shit like there's one that's like a poisonous one who essentially is like an outcast and all is it's a lot okay (laughs) like there is like again i don't know anybody who doesn't know what it feels like to not belong right or to feel like especially that one that's like the toxic gem like to feel like she was going through it and it's like understandable like you are part of a family and for no fault of your own you cannot really be and interact with the rest of your family members and then on top of that you are like a poison individual you're basically cursed and then like you have like the person the the most annoying person in your family won't get the fuck out of your face and you're just like bitch like just let me be miserable out here right on the outskirts of you know the plains and shit like that and then you just have like this super chipper annoying bitch who's just like look we're gonna be friends whether you fucking like it or not and it was it was very cute and very very good but Every single episode was just like a goddamn feels parade. The last five episodes after um, the winter gem dies, that was really rough. Like, no, thank you, please. That was really rough because they're they're always fighting these like invaders mm-hmm. who are trying to yeah who are trying to harvest them and so if they get you like that's it they're using you for whatever but there's some kind of conspiracy going on and I know I I'm not keeping my heart open for a season two because I know how I know how Japan does at this at this stage in the game <laughs> there's like some kind of like conspiracy going on but I did experience a lot of. Um, feelings while watching that yeah it's still on amazon you guys should watch it 
definitely definitely um yeah they really they snuck that like right the fuck in there um okay well the third one that tam and i both shared uh is a movie um wolf children oh god (laughs) i'll only say that because i watched that shit at work my greatest (laughs) triumph is tricking cam into watching it just being like hey boo you should definitely watch this and then she foolishly watched it at work and then she cried her whole face off i had Um, to go into the bathroom at work and like get myself together because i was really weeping at my desk like wolf children meant like well again like you know in all of these that we've spoken about so far there are late like there are levels to this shit right so you have this wolf man (laughs) who and like the fun part is like the first like 10 or 15 minutes there's no words in the movie you're just watching these two characters get to know each other um build a life together and all this other kind of stuff so this man and this woman meet it's like boy meets girl um boy like pursues or courts girl girl finally gives his ass a chance um they get married they have two children and the kids are cute as fuck the boy goes out to get groceries or something and he's killed like like they don't give you too much context as to like it's really on some disney shit where like the parents die except only one parent dies um And you find out that he's like part wolf and you think that that's just going to be the saddest part that the part where the dad dies is just that's the floor bitch that's the ceiling we are going into the abyss okay (laughs) it is only going to actually get worse from here so you have like this single mom who is trying to she has no one she can talk to she has no one else that she can ask she didn't even really fucking know that her husband was part wolf um where like there's no library where you can go where you just google half werewolf children or some shit like that so she you see this montage of her trying to like learn how to be a single parent while managing this part of her children's lives moving and then you have like the double tragedy of these two children who take very opposite paths in life yeah like one wants to assimilate one is like i'm about to be like the OG wolf nigga, I'm about to be out in the wilderness, um, protecting the forest. Mom, you know, you can kiss my butt. And that's it. And it's like, that's a normal story. Like, minus the fact that those children are half wolf or whatever. Like, who amongst us has not had that kind of push and pull between themselves and their siblings? Where one of you wants to conform for whatever reason. And the other oh, is like, wow, I'm my a ch- whole life. <laughs> hello <laughs> and the other person's like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do the exact opposite and it's i think it's actually pretty dope that in wow, this it me. like like but in this movie like usually in those kind of scenarios at least in my experience the older sibling is the one who has to conform and the younger siblings are allowed to basically be whoever you know like they're the ones who cause the most trouble right which except in my experience i it is the complete opposite i am the troublemaker i did not conform um i just i just don't live i do the opposite of what my parents tell me to do and then my parent my sister my younger sisters have always kind of just like more or less follow i mean they're their own people but they've more or less followed what my parents said and i've just been like nope doing the fuck i want peeps 
<laughs> what up, fellow kids? I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my siblings and I are like for a long time I was the one who just like went along to went like to go along. And my younger sibling is wild as hell. Um, Tam will attest. Basically anybody who's ever met Maya will tell you that. Um, but in wolf children, you have the reverse where the older sibling is really just like continuously pushing the envelope. And the younger sibling is just like, you know what? I'm just going to try harder to be a part of it. And then it's just like, it's just one heartbreak after the other where you have this mother that just like loves her child so much, of course, that she almost dies trying to save him in the forest. I was so angry at him. Yeah, that was really selfish. Precisely. And it's just like, look, you want to go out and be a wolf nigga or whatever, you know, be an emancipated wolf youth, whatever it's called. You could wait until you're older. Like, he's like 14 or something. (laughs) Like, he's not old enough to technically be an adult. And he was just like, well, I'm old enough in wolf years. And it's just like, okay, well, find one other person who's going to co-sign you being old enough in fucking wolf years, okay? You selfish bastard. And, like, the last, like, 25 minutes, you're just crying nonstop. Yeah. (laughs) And then he, because he ultimately makes this, like, really hard decision. It's like... He, he can't exist in both worlds in the same way that his sister is trying to. And they've both, I don't want to say trying to, but they've both had to give up really crucial parts of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So one gave up her ability to be what kind of wild and free. And her brother gave up his ability to like interact with the family. Yeah. And in order to to satisfy that part of himself. And it's hard when it's like, the two can exist. They, they definitely, I think they both can exist, but it was just like, it was too hard for them to choose or to find a balance. And I think it was hard because they didn't have their dad there to show mm-hmm. them that like the two of these things can coexist. I've done it. I know how to do it. And their mom, obviously, she was like, I don't fucking know. I'm making this shit up as I go along. So they both had to kind of give up parts of themselves that could ultimately exist together. Yeah. It it just, the mom is basically caught in the middle because she doesn't want to tell them that it's impossible, but she doesn't know how to show them. So she kind of just like has to just sit there and eat her food because she can't physically restrain him like in the house, what's she going to do? Cage her own son? No. But it's just your heart breaks for him because he's obviously hurting. He wishes his father was there. Your heart is breaking for the mom because like her children are obviously in pain. And then even for the girl, because it's just like, I feel like she liked being a wolf the most. Like to me, the fact that she gave that part away was especially sad. Um, because she seemed like she had the most fun in her wolf form right. out of the two of them. Uh, so it just made it like, it like this movie is like a tragedy. <laughs> okay. Like it's tragic on every single level. Very beautiful. Like this is not to dissuade you from watching it, but there are a lot of like really relatable themes in it. Um, and just be prepared to spend like the last, like, I don't know, half an hour or so crying your face off. Um, and if you are prepared for that, then it's a breeze. 
Yeah. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. But that's also really good. Uh, watch it, but don't watch it at work like I did. Yeah, yeah. I uh, would not have, would not advise that specifically. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like that's a good uh, sampling of emotional anime. And I'm just like, I'm going to reiterate, like, all anime is emotional on some level because right. the human experience is varied. Like Tam was saying earlier, like slice of life, it sneaks up on you because the tragedy and the trauma of life sometimes fucking sneaks up on you. Okay. Like that is the horrific beauty of like this life that we're living. So there's always going to be something. Um, these are just some of our particular favorites. I mean, I could go on on this topic for, you know, a million years. So if you have any other personal favorites that like really hit you in the chest for whatever reason, holler at your girls. Um, Hashtag simp anime. Ooh, yes, please. Uh, You know, especially like for the month of February, like Tim was saying, you know, it's Valentine's Day. It's lovey time. But also I think for a lot of us, um, Valentine's Day can be really focused on romantic love, but like love of friendships. Like if they're like if those kind of relationships are highlighted and stuff like that but yeah let us know you have an anime that you watch where you really are just like feeling shitty and sometimes you just really need to cry i want to hear about it like me specifically i do want to hear about it. i Please. mean you can just tell Chopin. i'll i'll smile and nod and i'll acknowledge but i'm not gonna rush to watch it okay well i will like inject it directly into my veins i'm into it <laughs> also i want to give an honorable mention to grave of fireflies because that shit also took me the fuck out grave of fireflies is like um that's probably one of the most depressing animes i've ever watched in my life and the worst part is like you're watching it like confused because you're just like seeing these two sad kids and you're just like okay this is this is gonna turn around bitch it no it's not, it did not. <laughs> Damn, it did not it just got it was- worse and it worse was the OG and worse. Got him. Okay. Because, <laughs> like, like, you start the movie, you're just like, okay, dead bodies. This is a war. This is fine. Okay. Everything is going to be fine. And then you hear the narrow, narrator's voice. Everything is not going to be I fine. I wish you all could see me because I am shaking my head vehemently. It like, was not, it was not okay. And it's on Hulu if you want to see it. Grave of the Fireflies. Like, it's one of those, like, classic anime. It's very well done and it, like, highlights like the tragedy and the trauma of war and like u.s you know interventionalism and all that other kind of stuff but it's just like god damn it like the two main characters are children (laughs) and it there's just like this heartbreaking reality that sometimes children experience extreme trauma and extreme loss and sometimes it's just like for fucking nothing like there, pretty much like there is no like swelling inspiration that is tied to it they don't overcome it they succumb to it pretty um, much and it's just a, like another reminder that sometimes life is just garbage. trash <laughs> like it's just, it's trash. like it's just terrible and even children are not immune to it right like that it's like it's sometimes there is no justice that it's just like okay well this kind of terribleness children should be exempt from right they should they should be able to opt out of it no even babies you know fucking eat rocks and then die like it was it was like that really took me out like when the little baby started eating like 
rocks and was calling it candy. I was just yeah, like, okay. Yeah, well, life was hard, but... I'm undone. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> some season over. We'll be back with some thug shit on the next episode of Outlaw yes. Bars. Um, yes. Please continue to give us topic suggestions. Like, that was actually very helpful, and I'm so happy you all responded to that. Uh, you can also email us at outlaw bars at for all nerds.com bitch i pulled it up so i wasn't gonna fuck up this time <laughs> yeah um also we are always on the twitters so outlaw bars pod on the twitters um you can find me at bruja bantan Shopei, where can the people find you uh you can find me at simply Shopei, but I, I have some recommendations before we leave oh oh my my bad i got real way ahead of myself show yeah, was to the best of us yeah but so before we leave show me <laughs> i'm not it's even okay. gonna just do capital show me what are your recommendations i'm going to i'm gonna like speed through these i have three um first one serious the jaeger oh, I, I just finished that yesterday it was great it's on netflix um i pressed tam to watch like i would not shut up about it <clears throat> Basically, you have werewolves, vampires, and family beefing. That's really all you need to know about it. Like, it's really well animated. It's very cute. Like, there were more than one up, like places where like I'm like laughing out loud. Like, they really injected some really fun comedy into it for something that has like a pretty dark. Um, like the topic is dark. Like you have like this kid who is the last of his like werewolf clan and his brother dies defending him from vampires he joins a team of fighters who fight and kill vampires um he's the last of his team jaegers which are basically just werewolves and you find out he's not really the last um no he's the jaegers are the vampire hunters he's the ooh, last of the serious which serious. are the, uh, the, the um werewolves thank you hmm. uh so he like he finds out that his brother is really still alive which is like a mind fuck and then like it's just there's a lot that's going on but like the fight scenes lit um the relationships between the characters lit um and it's just cute and then like there's a young girl character who like really bosses the fuck up which i really appreciated uh once she stopped like having a crush on that nigga she really she got down to business which i appreciated um i think it was adult named rob who wanted to know uh about my thoughts on dororo d-o-r-o-r-o uh shout out to you um it's on amazon it's subtitled and my thoughts are i fucking love this anime (laughs) okay like uh it's currently being simulcast so i binged all four episodes but nigga uh you have this man who is like the chief of this village in kind of like imperial type Japan. His, the area that he oversees is stricken by famine, stricken by war. Like shit is just like really fucked up, right? So he uh, does a very reasonable thing. He goes into a shrine and there's like an old man there and he kills the old man because the old man is like, look, I know what you're about to do. Um, the shrine that he goes into is like a shrine like for demons like it's like it's literally called the hall to hell that's what that's what the, the shit is why that exists i'm not sure um but whatever that's neither here nor there and the 
guy that he ends up killing actually thanks him because he was like, I was worried that I was going to lose my faith. And I appreciate that you killed me before I had a chance to do so. So he's like, now me and Buddha are definitely good because I still fuck with him and you killed me here. And this man makes a pact with these demons and he wants power. He wants money. And he's like, I'm willing to give you anything. Well, of course, when you make those kinds of claims, dummy, something extreme happens. Just so happens that at that exact time, his wife is giving birth and he makes the pact and she gives birth to a baby with no skin, no eyes, no ears. Okay, that's what comes out of her. Now, this mom is like, oh, my baby, I still love him, even though he's like a horrific monster. I don't know what kind of endorphins uh, kick in after you have a baby, but whatever. I'm not here to argue with this woman about what, how she feels about that baby. The dad is just like, get this, you know, get this terrible thing out. But I think he knows deep down that the demons have answered him. He tells them to get rid of the baby. Uh, if you've ever listened to any, any myth kind of thing, if you don't like go ahead and kill the baby yourself, you're basically guaranteeing that that baby's going to come back. <laughs> okay. It's like a 100% uh, chance. So the midwife, the woman who delivered this monstrosity drops the baby off in a boat down by the water. The midwife gets eaten by a demon and somehow the baby escapes. Fast forward. This is all in like episode one. Fast forward. You see this little kid. The kid's name is Dororo. Yeah, I know you thought that the the skinless baby's name was Dororo. No, his name is Hikamaru. Uh, so this little kid is like a thief. He's like finessing niggas and shit. He's really cute and smart, but like obviously he doesn't have any family. In the process of him being beaten up by some guys that he robbed, uh, uh, Hikamaru shows up. He's wearing a mask. He has swords for hands and he saves this kid. And you find out that someone made him prosthetic. Someone taught him how to fight. The awesome thing is like he kill, he can sense the, the core of people. So he can't see, but when he looks at a person, he sees like the color of them, like the color of their soul. So this little kid, Dororo's soul is pure white. So even though he's like a little bit of a hustler, he's still like a good person. And he is, he's so fucking cute. Hikamaru like is killing demons and shit like that in the second episode he defeats somebody or something and a limb grows back like so he doesn't like have like one of his like uh like his his skin on his torso grows back or something and you realize that the pact that was made at his birth sacrificed certain parts of himself So as he is killing these demons with his like little sidekick person, he's getting those parts of him back, guys. (sighs) Like, it's good. Okay, like it's good as hell. It's really cute uh, with like the it's like a buddy kind of comedy kind of situation. But please watch it. It's perfect. You're going to love it. Um, And then another one that is being simulcast. Is Is it Promised Neverland? No. Oh, my God. Like, I mean. 
You should will, watch that, guys. It's on it's on Hulu and Crunchy. I guess that's my recommendation. I thought that's where she was going. No, absolutely not. Not because it's not good, but because um, I definitely cried after the first episode. I know I still knew what to expect, but I still cried. Um, yeah, you should. And, and, and okay, to be fair, I don't, I know why she'll be cried, but also I don't know why she'll be cried, but okay. So y'all should watch it and then we can discuss whether it was valid or not. Um, but it is good. Like I've had a lot of people mention it to me, like, especially everyone who's like read the manga. Um, but yeah, the third one that you should watch also being simulcast on Crunchyroll, it's called the rising of the shield Knight, like K N I G H T. You basically have this like basic bitch. His name is Nafumi. He calls himself an otaku. Like that's how he introduces himself. He has an allowance. His parents basically are like, you were such a good kid to your brother. You don't have to get a job. He goes to a library. He picks up a light novel. He opens it and he gets transported to another world. Easy peasy, nigga, you're bad. And basically he has been summoned to this other world as one of these heroes that's supposed to protect this land. And you're like, oh, okay, that's deep. He meets the other three heroes. So Nafumi is the shield knight. So he only can do defensive kind of stuff. The other people, one has a spear, one has a bow. I don't know what the the third guy does or whatever. Um, But from the jump, people like are downing him. Um, This woman joins his party, robs him, accuses him of being a rapist. Everyone in the town is just like, he's obviously scum. He came to this, you know, this world to be a monster and stuff. Like they really are like playing this nigga and for no fault of his own, like truly, it seems like everyone is against him, but the arc is like really well done. Um, and I'm like fully invested. Uh, the fight scenes are good. And just the fact that they turned on him so quickly there is a conspiracy afoot okay and i want to know what the fuck is going on uh but yeah it is quite good so we have dororo it's on amazon it's being subtitled the rising of the shield knight that's on crunchyroll sirius the jaeger that's on netflix and then we have the promised neverland which is on hulu and crunchyroll tam yes yes so look we were gone for a while, but we gave you four fucking anime recommendations. You're welcome. Okay? Like, I feel like that's more than enough. Especially since these are being simulcast. By the time you listen to this, um, new episodes for both of them should have dropped. So that's at least five episodes each. The Promise Neverland is on what episode, Tam? Three? Four? Uh, this week. This It'll be on four this week. It just did its third episode last week. Perfect. And then... Sirius the Jaeger is like 12 or 13 episodes. It's already out. So, because you know how Netflix does. They don't like to play with our emotions. We appreciate that. So, Tam already gave you the Twitter and the email. Um, You can find me at Simply Chopay on Twitter. Hit me up. If you fuck with these recommendations, um, I love all praise. And if you didn't, you know that you are welcome to tell no one. And, uh, you know, have a great life. Yeah, thanks guys. And, you know, we'll be back sooner than later. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Possibly. But you all be great and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.